What's up, Crypt Nation? How are you guys doing today? Uh, today's episode is going to be super exciting, I can promise you that. And it is also brought to you guys by our sponsors, eToro. And if you guys don't know what eToro is, it is the place where you can go to buy and sell and trade cryptocurrency with confidence. Um, and these guys are super smart. They've been in the business since 2013. They've offered crypto assets since 2013, but they've actually been around longer than that, since 2007. Um, they've got 10 million users across 140 countries, and they basically just have a lot of regulated on-ramps and off-ramps between dollars and most currencies. They've built an awesome suite of technical trading tools for the advanced guys and gals out there. Everything is really low latency and highly secure. It's everything that you expect. And they have some other really, uh, really smart tools, like if you want to play with a virtual simulator for money, you could give it $100,000 of virtual money that you could trade with and learn. And yeah, guys, these cats are the real deal. It's important to note that not all platforms are created equal, and I encourage you to go try it out for yourself. So, you know, just go to crypto101podcast.com slash eToro. You can check it out and send us a DM if you guys like it. If you don't like it, just let us know. And we are excited to have these guys on our team. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Um, you know, this is the weekly fire. Uh, first off, Pizza Mind, I didn't even say what's up to you, man. How you been? Oh, man. The grease is bubbling. It's so hot right now. <laughs> Where are you in the world right now? I am in Dallas, Texas. It is hot. It is muggy, but it is absolutely beautiful over here. Holy crap. Dude, I love that you are enjoying your time in Dallas. Uh, I've actually never been. I've been to Austin before, and that's about it. Is it different than Austin? It's ve- I've never been to Austin, but it's very strange over here. I've gotten lost driving around like 10 times because each road has like four or five different numbers assigned to it. Oh my God, that sounds miserable. Yeah, yeah whoever built Dallas was completely drunk. <laughs> well, Crip Nation, uh, Bryson Pizza Mind here uh, for the Weekly Fire where we recap the important weeks, sorry, the important events of the week. Uh, and we basically just, you know, get into some heated debates. We answer crypto's most burning questions and just some hot topics. So, you know, if you guys have been here before, uh, you're tuning in, it's episode eight of the weekly fire. You know that we like to have a segment we call hot or not. We look at the biggest winners and losers, uh, smoke and mirrors, where we talk about, you know, how to identify scams, uh, and smoke and mirrors. Right. Uh, and then we have scorched earth where we talk about tragic tales, uh, from Bryson pizza mines, life in crypto. So many tragedies. <laughs> and then we talk about, uh, fire tweets. That's kind of self-explanatory, just best tweets from the week. Let's start off with the market weather report. Pizza mind. What are you seeing in the market right now? Um, you know, Bitcoin dominance or, you know, are altcoins doing well? We had a little bull trap, uh, earlier this week. Uh, alts got pumped really high. Ethereum went up really big. And then Bitcoin dumped and everything else dumped down again a little bit too. So we're still in our accumulation phase. I don't care what anyone else says. Yeah, you know, I definitely think it is too early uh, to call alt seasons, too early to call alts are back. You know, we still have some serious averages, right? Some moving averages that we need to turn positive. Uh, Your 50-week and your 20-week moving average are still sloping downwards and price is still below them. Um, And how do you tell if you're in a bull trend? It's, well, if price is making higher highs and higher lows and it's above some, you know, some uh, medium to long-term moving averages. And we're just not there yet. So Crypt Nation, we're trying to keep you guys safe. We're trying to keep everybody on the right side of the market. Um, you know, it's 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 now is, is probably a good time to start looking to dollar cost average in, but uh, it's still going to be extremely volatile um, as Bitcoin still uh, consolidates and tries to, you know, 
come out of this consolidation pattern. Again, it could spike all the way back down to 8K, like like we've been saying, could go back all the way down at 6K. Nobody knows. The, the point we're trying to make is that you need to be planning uh, uh, your trade, right? You need to say, well, if Bitcoin starts to go below 9K again, here's what I'm going to do. Or if Bitcoin uh, starts to break back above 12K, here's what I'm going to do. And so, yeah, so so that's kind of what we're seeing here in the market. It's still a risky play, uh, but it could be a good time to start dollar cost averaging your way into altcoins um, and into Bitcoin. It's going to be a good time to have exposure to both. So any, any last thoughts on the weather report here for the market before we kind of jump into some of the fun stuff? When you say it's time to dollar cost average in, does that mean it looks like the bottom is in? Or should we still really play it safe and be careful? What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. I should definitely you know, explain a little bit more what I was saying. So do I think the altcoin bottom is in? You know, in t- I, I actually kind of do think that the lowest prices for altcoins we have already seen. That being said, there's still opportunity cost, right? So not like, and what I mean by opportunity cost is that you could buy an altcoin right now, but it might stay at the same price for the next several months. And there's better ways to be deploying your capital, um, whether that's in different markets, right? Like, uh, you know, maybe stocks are going to be doing good or maybe other markets, you know, your opportunity cost. So even though I think that probably the lowest prices for altcoins have been hit, um, there still could be other better buying opportunities, maybe Maybe Bitcoin's better, um, but I definitely think the bottom for Bitcoin is in as well. So that's kind of what I mean there. It's it, dollar cost averaging basically means you're not going to deploy all your capital all at once because the lowest possible price you think has been in. It just means taking a step back and saying, you know, what if I'm wrong? Because at at the end of the day, you know, lower prices could very well be in order. Um, we could be wrong and uh, all that kind of stuff. So dollar cost averaging is a good way, an easy way to hedge. Um, but yeah, let's move on real quick to hot or not. Um, I kind of put together a list of some of the biggest gainers and biggest losers. Real quick, we're going to run through these. Um, Our criteria is in the last seven days, if you've traded at least a million dollars worth of volume um, and you have the biggest percentage gain or loss, top three, bottom three, you're coming on the list. So we have Silverway. Um, They traded $13 million in the last seven days and they are up 220%. That's pretty big. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Uh, we have Swipe, which is, traded $2 million in the last seven days, and they're up 112%. Oh, my uh, God. And then we have Ripio Credit Network, who we're very familiar with. Uh, they traded $2.5 million in the last seven days, and they're up 88%. So if you guys were in one of those coins for the last week, you guys are uh, feeling pretty good about your choices. You also must have been feeling completely insane prior to that week. Yeah, right, right, yeah. But it was a really good week to be a shit coin. Could have said it better. Uh, and on the on the flip side, we have some uh, not so hot guys. We got two bit up token. Uh, they traded three point two million dollars in the last seven days, and they're down thirty six percent on that volume. Ouch! What we have, Mindex Coin, uh, which traded sixteen point six million dollars, and they are down twenty five point four percent, and that's big volume uh, for those guys. So that's definitely not a good look. It could be some big whale to come in and dump in all of his tokens, as we've seen happen all too often. And then the last one we have is Tarush. They traded $1 million in seven days, just barely making the cut, and they were down 17%. So 
What the hell is that? Yeah, yeah, I do not know what a Tarush token is. But uh, guys, if you do and you're holding it, rest in peace. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Uh, do you you want to do fire tweet first, or do you want to do smoke and mirrors plus uh, scorched earth? What are you thinking, man? Uh, let's do the fire tweets. Okay, fire tweets, guys. If you guys aren't privy to what's going on in the markets right now, we have uh, some big news. Uh, interest rates got cut. Uh, yesterday or maybe two days ago. That means they are devaluing the dollar. Interest rates are the price of money and they are cheapening the dollar. They're making it easier, cheaper to borrow um, is what essentially lowering the interest rates does. And so we have a great uh, tweet from this guy named Wall Street Playboys. That's at Wall ST Playboys. And he's not commenting on the interest rate cuts. He's commenting on a different tool uh, that the Federal Reserve has in its tool belt. And this is called the printing press. And we all know the printing press as something that can debase your savings, that can create more money arbitrarily out of thin air. Okay, guys, this is very important. He says, the Fed just printed the entire value of all cryptocurrencies this week. For context, this is 39.2% of the entire bailout from 2008 to 2009. So in five days, we had, so this is me talking now, uh, in five days, we had 39% of the entire 2008-2009 bailout program uh, this week. That's insane. So think about it. So we have uh, $275 billion that were printed this week. Uh, and in the two years of that bailout program, it was a $700 billion stimulus package, right? We're, we're almost, uh, we're well over a quarter of the way there. We're almost halfway there and it was just a couple days. Sorry, let me get this straight. Without a congressional hearing, with no one else's permission, no vote, they just decided to print this money out of thin air. Roger. Roger that. Oh my God. And again, the people that are running the Fed, you know, they are economists and they are all smart people and they are all, you know, appointed by, uh, you know, representatives, people that are supposed to, you know, government uh, bodies that are supposed to represent you and me and all sorts of things like that. But kind of at the end of the day, there's this arbitrary decision made um, to, in order to fight a recession, they are going to make your dollars cheaper. And, uh, you know, by devaluing their dollars, they are also, you know, by proxy devaluing their debt to other countries because the debt that they owe to other countries is denominated in dollars, right? So what happens if you owe somebody a hundred billion dollars, but then you print more of that hundred billion dollars, you're effectively devaluing your debt. So that's when we talk about the trade wars between America and China and the race to devalue your currency, you're trying to offset your trade deficits um, and that's what's going on right now uh, through uh, things like printing more dollars and through interest rates. So at the end of the day, you know, I hope these guys know what they're doing um, to fight off this recession. But I don't know, man. It's like there's got to be another way. I don't think there is another way for the U.S. dollar because they've been digging themselves into a hole for 100 years and continuing to pass the bill on to the next generation. So we either get a new currency like Germany had to do after they couldn't pay for their debts after World War I. Right, the hyperinflation of the Deutschmark or the Reichsmark. Yeah, or we completely default on all of our loans and we lose our A credit rating, which is probably going to happen at some point. Hmm. But it's all just smoke and mirrors. Hmm. Like the entire US dollar at this point and the economy based on it is smoke and mirrors. 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 getting kind of crazy. It's getting definitely out of hand um, with with all this stuff going on. But that's why there's alternative, you know, assets to invest in. Uh, essentially, thankfully, you know, thank God. Uh, we're gonna go into smoke and mirrors, and we're gonna combine smoke and mirrors with our scorched earth segment. So you're probably like, "What the fuck? How is that gonna happen?" Well, I'll tell you. Here's what's gonna happen. We are going to break down our framework for identifying legitimate projects to invest in. In the crypto world, like you know, these projects aren't necessarily pre-verified, right? So when you, for instance, go to invest in a stock or something, that goes through all these regulatory bodies. Um, it gets listed on a public exchange. There's all sorts of regulations around it, and so you don't need to go uh, like. Google Netflix's roadmap if you want to invest in Netflix, or you don't need to Google, you know, like read Hastings biography to make sure he's a legitimate character and stuff. But in the crypto world, you actually need to do these kinds of things. <laughs> Can't someone just tell us how to evaluate this stuff in an easier way? You know, it, it, it comes down to you have to evaluate things for yourself, man. You have to do your own research in this space. And if you want to be financially financially free or financially beholden to nobody, you have to start taking power into your own hands. Okay, fair enough. But is there at least like a scorecard or something that we can go off of? Some boxes to check? Yeah, so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Um, we made, Yeah, we made a little list. Um, and so we're going to be kind of riffing off of this list that we made, but we think it's pretty comprehensive. Let's, you know, before we get into, you know, breaking down how you should be conducting your research and what you should be looking at, uh, I'm just going to walk you through real quick uh, some 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 notions here. So if you ever hearing the word guarantee when you're, you know, looking at cryptocurrencies and stuff and somebody's marketing to you and they say, we guarantee something, there are no guarantees in life. And it is definitely true in crypto that there are no guarantees in crypto. All right. Yes. Um, I've seen, you know, pro projects like whatever BitConnect that say we could guarantee a fixed rate of return uh, for every, you know, Bitcoin that you send to this BitConnect wallet. And then what happens? BitConnect goes belly up. It's a Ponzi scheme. They're indicted by the SEC. Everybody's going to prison. It's nuts, right? And that was because they guaranteed something that they couldn't guarantee. If you're ever hearing a guarantee, run the other way. That's yeah. another thing to look out for. And then the last point I'm going to harp on here is uh, forks. If you are hearing this new fork that's coming out, it's going to be the new Bitcoin. It's going to be the new uh, Ethereum, right? Uh, the new Monero. It's a fork. It's a copy paste. Uh, they changed some source code. But at the end of the day, a lot of those are um, cash grabs and they're not legitimate. So, so beware of forks claiming to be the real currency. All right, guys. So yeah, so now that we know what to avoid, why don't we go ahead and look at uh, how do we evaluate a potential investment? I'll start at the beginning. Let's look at the concept and strategy of what this thing is actually trying to achieve. There's so many cool ideas out there, but you really have to stop for a second and dial it in your excitement and ask yourself, is this goal and project actually realistic or is it just way ahead of its time? That's a really important thing to think about. Like if we're talking about autonomous helicopters, of course I want to invest in that and <laughs> really early, but it's not really going to come around in the next few years. Are there FAA guidelines into how something like that might work? Or is it likely that this company is going to run out of money before they ever get the permission to uh, start selling these things? No, that's, that's a super good point. You got to always think about, you know, what is this project trying to achieve, you know, and what problem is it solving? Um, and then you could even kind of dive further into that. Uh, you know, you go to their website, a, a website that we like to use is coinmarketcap.com. 
you could search the coin and then you could pull up uh, links to their websites and all sorts of different stuff like that. So you go to their website and you see, you know, if for instance, uh, I'll, I'll say whatever, IOTA, that's one coin that is out there that has very ambitious, uh, very ambitious goals. You know, they want to be the medium of exchange uh, in the backbone of IOT, you know, give IOT devices, you know, smart fridges, smart devices, uh, smart cars, all that kind of stuff. They want to give them identity and wallets. And then you mm -hmm. think, well, that's a really lofty ambition. And then you could kind of see like, well, what are they doing currently? And they have that, you know, some partnerships with, you know, Bosch uh, and Jaguar, and they're actually implementing wallets into cars for proof of concepts and stuff. So even if it is ambitious goal, go ahead and look to see if they have partnerships that are actually implementing uh, these problems that they're claiming to solve. Yeah, absolutely. And then in addition, you have to ask yourself, does this solution to the problem really require crypto or blockchain? Or are there companies outside this space that have already solved this problem? Right. Yeah. Honestly, it's like, uh, do you, could you use a, a gift card network uh, for the problem you're trying to solve and issuing a cryptocurrency for like local restaurants or whatever? Uh, <laughs> or, or, or do you really need a crypto, right? Or, you know, some of these enterprises are saying, well, we want a, a blockchain within our company because it sounds sexy and cool and maybe, you know, it could help our valuation. Well, at the end of the day, maybe you could just use a centralized database or like MongoDB or something like that, right? Right. So exactly. you, you really need to think about the value proposition of cryptocurrency in general. Like it's a, a, a permissionless censorship resistant, you know, hard cap supply, globally decentralized, all these things. Like, do you really need that at your small business? Probably not. Right. Crypto and blockchain are just two very new, very sexy tools, but that doesn't mean they're the right tool for every job. Couldn't have said it better. The other thing that we like to make sure that people are looking at is the existing customer or user base uh, of these crypto projects. So, you know, Pete's mind, what does that look like? What would a successful uh, user base look like and an implementation here? And what would an unsuccessful one look like? A successful implementation is where you already have an existing product or service. You already have customers. You already have a following that you can communicate your new idea to and then simply upgrade or pivot what you're already doing. Right. So we, it's really, really crucial if you already have an existing user base, you're going to succeed a lot faster. Yeah, I 100% agree. And, and one really good example of uh, a team who's doing this successfully is the Props Project. As an example, the Props Project uh, is founded by the same guys who founded a platform called YouNow. Also, YouNow, Pizza Mind and I stream on YouNow every day. Uh, at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern time. They've been around for how many years? 10 years? 2012, maybe? 2012. Okay, so they have this streaming platform. Like before cryptocurrency was like, you know, a thing, they were just streaming uh, these live shows and they issued their own in-app uh, in currency that is on a crypto. But at the end of the day, they have millions of, I think they have 30 million uh, users or registered users and you know they raised money from Comcast Ventures. They raised money from Coin Fund. They raised money from Union Square Ventures. You know Fred Wilson's team, uh, some of the smartest guys in the in the crypto space. And it basically goes to show that a platform that has existing users is very viable to have a viable cryptocurrency, right? Absolutely. So, guys, one of the things that you need to be looking at 
when you're buying a crypto project, you could go to the blockchain explorers and see how, you know, how active, uh, what's the network activity, the on-chain activity, right? How many transactions are happening? I think that's one of the best signs of uh, a network health. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. It's like, if you go on and see two transactions have happened in the last day, hmm, and it has a market cap of $10 million, do you really think that that $10 million is worth it? Probably not. It's probably vapor. Um, so, so let's move on to the other thing that you guys should be looking for. And basically this is just analyzing what stage of development the project is in. And, and that, that, that basically means it's like, Hey, is this like a brand new thought that is just a, a, a white paper in some re in a, in a project deck, uh, with the ideas of what we're going to do, or is it already developed? Um, and now we're raising money. Um, or the, you know, there, there's just different stages of development. And that also depends on your own appetite for risk. The earlier you get into something, the higher it's going to pay off. But the earlier you also get in, the likelihood that you lose your money as well. Right. There's so many more things that could go wrong. I think seven out of 10 startups are out of business within their first year. Oh, that's pretty crazy. I didn't know that one. Yeah. But that makes sense. And that's not just blockchain and crypto. That's in general. Yeah. I mean, guys, you need to be thinking also, this is probably a good time to, you know, bring in this idea of you guys need to have your own time horizon for your investments, right? You know, yes. you know, take crypto away from everything. Pretend crypto didn't exist. You know, pretend you were just, you know, only looking to buy bonds and stocks and commodities and uh, stuff like that. It doesn't matter what you're investing in. You need to have a plan. You need to know what your goals are that you're trying to meet, right? Maybe you're trying to pay off some student loans. Okay, well, what's the plan for that? You need to put up a spreadsheet, put in your income. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Put in your principal uh, investment and then put in your uh, interest rates and then look for when that interest rate adjusts, right? People got these really low variable interest rates in, you know, during the subprime bubble where they're like, oh, well, it's just a, a low variable interest rate. What does that mean? Well, the variable interest rate means that once you, you know, once this expires next year, you're going to go from 10% APR to 55% APR. And they just didn't think like that. And then you're never going to be able to even pay off your interest rates, let alone your principal, let alone the entire fucking loan, right? So you guys right. need to have a plan. Maybe it's, oh, I want to save up enough money 
uh, in order to buy that house. Okay, well, put up what what do you need to buy the house? Maybe it's a million dollar home and you need to get 20% down and then you need to get this uh, X, Y, and Z in order to secure your uh, mortgage. And there's so many things you guys need to think with. So it's a good time now to be thinking about what is your time horizon for your investments. So back to Pizza Mind's original point of what stage is the project in? You know, if you're looking to hold a project for, uh, you know, 10 years because you believe in it, fine. It doesn't matter if it's uh, an early stage project because you're willing to accept the risk. But if you're looking to, uh, you know, swing trade it, you know, within buy it now and sell it a month later or a week later, if it's a brand spanking new project and there's no not much liquidity, even though it's the coolest idea in the world, it's probably not going to be your best option. Uh, but that's just my uh, that's just like my you know opinion. This isn't financial advice. It's not investment advice. It's just a place where we could all come together, educate ourselves, learn about what's going on, um, and kind of just talk shop. And lastly, just to follow up on that point, it's good to you know, know does the project have a detailed and realistic roadmap. Do they project that they're going to need four to six to 10 years out to really have their ecosystem up and running? And then do you have the appetite to wait for that? If someone has this amazing, cool, brand new technology idea and their roadmap is only a year to two years long, have they even really fully thought out what they're doing? <laughs> yeah, it's like the roadmap is two years long and you're like, wait, wait guys, what happens, after, what happens after we get there? And it's like, oh, well, we hit a dead end. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> we don't know. Now, it's very often that roadmaps are not that long, but what that means is you also have to allow the company room to pivot. They right. need to go in one direction and figure out if it's working or not. And especially in the very, very early stages, they're going to go in a bunch of different directions until they find the best one. 100%. And guys, for those of you who haven't heard the term roadmap, perhaps, basically this is just a company's public-facing uh, plan for the development of the of the of the company. Okay, Q1 2020 January. Here's what we're going to accomplish. We're going to have a new wallet built out. Uh here's where you could find the open source code. Uh here's the how-to guide and here's where it's going to be released and here's where you could download it. Okay, fine. Uh February Q1 2020. We're going to have this new API that you could jack into to start to scrape data from this part of our network. Here's where you can download it. Here's this. Here's that. So, you know, and, you know, maybe Q3, uh, we're going to hire two new developers and a business developer. Um, here's the job description for this developer. Here's what he's going to be working on. Here's where we're using the money that we raised from you guys and raised from the market. Here's where we're going to be implementing that. So that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about when we say a roadmap. Um, let's move on to some of the other things that we should talk about. Uh, you know, what, what, you know, beyond just analyzing and critically thinking about the problems that these companies are solving and, and, and the concepts and strategies, Pete's like, what else do you look for in a good project? Well, a lot of investors don't even really care what the project is. They care more about who the team is and they like to invest in people ah, rather than projects. Okay. That's a so great point. If you want to look at it from that perspective, first you look at the core team and the executive team. Do they have relevant experience in the blockchain industry and what is their experience in the role that they're in? And what that means is there's a lot of bright eyed, bushy tailed people entering this space that have no fucking clue how it actually works. They just think adding a blockchain to it is fine or that this, this industry functions like any other tech industry and it doesn't. There's a lot of different nuances. The market is completely different. And also what is their experience in the role that they have now? 
But I think what's even more important than if they have experience in the blockchain or crypto industry per se is what vertical are they coming from, right? Mm -hmm. So a vertical, right. if you guys haven't heard of the term vertical, it basically is like an industry, right? So we have the automobile vertical, we have the entertainment vertical, we have the um, you know, finance vertical, right? Okay, so cool. You have a crypto project that is claiming to be the next big thing in um, autonomous driving. So you would expect uh, that you are going to have a CEO and a, a core management team that comes from, you know, the digital arm of Ford or GE, or they come from transportation worlds um, like that, and they've already had CEO positions. Um, you, you, you shouldn't be seeing uh, some rando uh, who has five years of experience uh, working at a marketing firm running this thing, right? Uh, look at the core team member and say, do they have relevant and acclaimed vertical experience for this project that they're claiming is going to change the world, that they're asking for your money or saying that you could buy their tokens, all that kind of stuff. So guys, make sure you're doing your diligence on the team. What else should we get into uh, in regards to the team? There's got to be some other interesting stuff here. Yeah. I think that uh, who your advisors are and what their experience plays a big role as well. Oh yeah. Because let's face it, if you don't, I mean, not every single CEO or chief marketing officer is going to be perfect and this is what they've done their whole life. Like they can't. This is a brand new space for the most part. So you're going to have some things that seem like a good fit, but maybe not perfect. But what can compensate for that is having a good team of advisors, people that have been there before, that can fill in the blanks. Yeah. And so guys, advisors in the in the, the cryptocurrency world, in the blockchain project world, for instance, you'll have an advisor to help you get on exchanges. So they're kind of the glue between your project and an exchange, or they'll help you try and um, make introductions to, um, you know, if you're, again, going back to that autonomous uh, vehicle wallet uh, idea that we just kind of threw out there. They'd be, you know, your guy to help you get introductions to different uh, partners and stuff like that. So but another important thing about advisors and the importance of, you know, also these core team members is if they're not public figures or they're not, um, you know, you're basically staking your reputation on this project, the success of the failure of the project. So you want to, you know, buy a coin that has reputation staked on it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you guys definitely need to be looking to say, all right, who is staking the reputation on this project? And is that reputation valuable? And uh, is that reputation, you know, worth uh, betting on essentially? So yeah, definitely. So that's another one. And that brings us to a, our, our next point here um, is, you know, what firms are involved with the project? Why is that important? Usually before even talking to individual investors, They'll usually go to a venture capital firm to get some seed money. Venture capital firms are going to do their own due diligence and they're going to look at uh, this with a lot of scrutiny and they're going to ask a lot of questions. So getting a yes from a venture capital firm could be uh, a little bit of a confidence booster. Now, venture capital has a ton of money to lose as well. True. And they understand that not all, all of their investments are going to pay off. So um, they might be okay with losing a million because you know they're going to gain a hundred million from somewhere else. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And like like how we kind of touched on earlier is you know in the in the stock market world, these investments are more or less pre qualified in the sense that you know these are companies that have been around for a long time. They've raised a lot of money from a lot of different sophisticated investors, and once they hit the public market, they are more or less um, you know qualified investments. Okay, in the world of crypto, 
none of these things are qualified investments and you all have you all have to be doing your own diligence but to pizza mind's point of if you see that they're advertising that they have investments from you know some reputable uh, venture capital firms again you're gonna have to do your diligence on the success of those venture capital firms that they're advertising they're part of but um you know you could you could say okay well if it's good enough for them then it might be good enough for me that's probably not the best um mindset but it's another you know checkbox who what other smart money has uh, been inside of this project you could see these names attached to it and they say oh well they're staking their reputation and their uh their money on this coin it's it's at least not a fucking outright scam and that's about all that's about all you that's about all you can get from that is like at least it's not an outright scam it might not i mean you know at the end of the day it might not appreciate in value or it might have been a bad investment on their part but you could take their diligence as a little bit of your own diligence. Right, so take exactly. Take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, um, so at least the team is going to give it an honest effort. Exactly. And that honest effort then plays into our next uh, series of topics, the competitive environment. Because a lot of these things, they're not going to be unique. And if they are, they're not going to be unique for very long. So they're going to be competing against other people trying to do the same thing. So are they trying to reinvent the wheel? Are they trying to just focus on a scaling solution for blockchain, which already has another hundred competitors with no users on it? What are they really doing? So what does the competitive environment look like? Right. Yeah. What market are they operating in? What's the growth potential of said market? Um, I think those are all great points to be always thinking with. Um, you know, you know, one thing I want to kind of touch on real quick on the the team side Guys, I've actually literally seen this happen where somebody will post or, you know, throw up a cryptocurrency, print it out real quick and advertise and all this stuff. And you'll go to the site and it'll have a list of names and, you know, LinkedIn's and Twitter's and it looks real nice. But then you'll click, uh, you know, on the on the characters or whatever, and it'll go to their Twitter and the Twitter handle has at the pinned post right at the top i am not in any way involved with this project at this website this is an outright scam they stole my picture um they just all of it's fake and so <laughs> this literally happens uh where people throw up uh my advisor is this one really reputable guy all that stuff and then you go you look at their their linkedin and they have no involvement with it whatsoever so before you just take it at face value on the site you should double and triple check just through some quick Google searches and LinkedIn searches and stuff that that's actually a consensual uh, post on their website. And if you're going to be investing a lot of money, send them a message just to confirm in person. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. No, that's perfect. Uh, you should, yeah, you should definitely be, you know, reaching out to these companies and stuff and saying, Hey, like, could we hop on a quick call? I'd love to just learn about your project and or whatever. I, I think a lot of people are receptive to that. So I think that that kind of does it for, you know, I think we'll we'll touch on this probably again next week with some more because guys, we have a really, really, really long list of other things, but we don't want to spend it all here in one episode because we've got to still talk about the news and we don't want to keep you guys all morning. Table this discussion for next week. So if you enjoyed this, we're going to give you some more, you know, thought processes or a framework for your thought processes next week. So, Pete, why don't we quickly jump on over to the news for the week? Absolutely. What's going on? Yeah, so there's been a lot of big things that have happened. Um, 
And I, I kind of want to start with Bitcoin's hash rate hitting an all-time high. Yet again, mm. seems like every two weeks, uh, when you know Bitcoin's difficulty adjusts every two weeks based on the amount of hash rate on the network. The more hash rate that is pointed at the Bitcoin network, the more difficult it is to mine those blocks. So, uh, so Pete, what are the implications of Bitcoin's hash rate hitting uh, 102 trillion terahashes per second? <laughs> Oh my God. Um, that means that Bitcoin is in higher demand than ever. So pay no attention to the prices, pay no attention to the volume. People that are into Bitcoin mining are clamoring and doing all they can. So what that also means is there's a ton of brand new machines that are online. And we just reported earlier in the week that over 600,000 new ASIC miners had come online mining Bitcoin. Yeah. So that happened in the last two months. 600,000 new miners came online. Basically, guys, here's what this means for the space is that people are investing right now in illiquid assets, right? Like hardware uh, in order to support the liquid asset that is Bitcoin. So this is how this is how uh, entire movements are are built. And whether it's the uh, you know, the tech bubble or the oil bubbles or the railroad back in the day, all these different things. It's like you need this illiquid hardware investment before you could actually get uh, price appreciation in what that hardware is uh, supporting. I hope that made sense. And I'll repeat myself a little bit here. So basically, we're seeing an influx of capital into infrastructure that supports Bitcoin and supports other cryptocurrencies. So why is that important? Uh, for, for Why is that relevant to you guys, right? Well, if you're a Bitcoin holder, it's because people are pouring money into this space quicker than they can freaking handle. Um, and it is an exponential growth rate. This is an adoption curve. This is so much bigger than you could ever really imagine. And it just means the network's more secure than ever as well. So that's another uh, good thing that we can take away from this news bit. But this just happened today. The other thing, we have two other little topics that we want to talk about real quick before we let you guys go. Uh, Wells Fargo coin. Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised one bit. These banks will do anything for a cheap money grab. I hope yeah. no one ever uses it. I hope nobody ever touches that poison. But, but, uh, but it is a validation that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is the technology upgrade to money that we keep telling you it is. It just further validates our, our thesis here at Crypto 101 and everybody who is holding cryptocurrencies is that, well, JP Morgan issued their JP Morgan coin uh, early this year, maybe late last year. Um, Goldman Sachs owns Circle, which owns Poloniex, and Circle and Poloniex are two massive crypto companies. Um, people are making, you know, smart money's coming in, all that kind of stuff. But Wells Fargo coin is, I mean, that's obviously a colloquial term. That's not what they're calling it, but that's what people on the street are calling it. They're calling it, uh, you know, just this blockchain-based token that can hold a stable value um, that we could use to instantly settle our uh, debts in between our um, uh, in between different branches of the Wells Fargo Bank, and so that's pretty interesting. I mean, they're realizing finally the the potential of a blockchain ledger. Um, good for them. But at the end of the day, I remember. I mean, I think it was one of the first fire tweets of the week that we had, like maybe episode one or two, where we talked about when the social media intern at Wells Fargo tweeted out that 
uh, hey, I'm sorry that you're not able to make a withdrawal at this time. Wells Fargo does not accept anybody that uh, deals with cryptocurrency. And then he signed it his name, like Josh or something. And it got like 7,000 retweets and a bunch of likes. And, you know, I just imagine, picture this kid waking up the next morning and be like, oh God, what have I done? I just stated, yeah. a, I just stated a company, like a company policy and it just blew up. So, oh, how the tables have turned. What a bunch of hypocrites. Fuck Wells Fargo. <laughs> you heard it here first. And uh, J.P. Morgan. <laughs> and Bank of America. Fuck them all. Yeah. I, love, I mean, I love that Bank of America calls themselves Bank of America and like First National Bank or we have, uh, you know, U.S. Bank. I mean, these aren't the banks of America. Uh, you know, these aren't the First National Bank of America. No, these are banks that are making money off of people in America choosing to use them. It's just, right. it just it blows my mind that they have like you look at the columns of their of the banks, right? The columns by I mean like the actual architecture of the banks. Um, and they're so monolithic and so assertive and authoritarian and, you know, Greco-Roman. They have these big columns and these skyscrapers and all these things trying to say that, you know, we are here. We are right. We are the one. And it's like, dude, people need to start to wake up to the idea that there's other ways to store your money. Better ways. And which brings us to our last news bit. Somebody who is waking up to cryptocurrency is the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. We all know them as the CME. Um, they're kind of a big deal, huh? Yeah, they are actually the largest. They trade the most money out of any exchange in the world. That's probably the easiest way to say it. Biggest exchange. Uh, they listed Bitcoin futures on December seventeenth uh, or eighteenth in twenty seventeen, which actually marked the exact top of the price of Bitcoin, right? Um, because now you had a, a paper settled uh, futures contract that you can use to essentially lock in crypto profits or Bitcoin profits, I should say. You could use that. You could start selling futures and all sorts of stuff like that to lock in all the profits that you made on a regulated exchange. But here's the news bit. We have now the CME announcing today that Bitcoin options are now going to be available. This is enormous, enormous, enormous. And why is this enormous? It's because it gives regulated funds, uh, the big money, the institutional capital, new ways to position themselves, new ways to hedge. It'll basically grease the wheels uh, for capital to flow in and out of cryptocurrency markets. Um, so Bitcoin options coming on the CME, uh, Q1 2020, you heard it here first. This is big. Um, people will be able to buy puts, sell puts, buy calls, sell calls, trade all sorts of different options. Um, you should go, yeah, yeah. Just look this one up. Cause this one's a really big one. Wow. Um, but kind of That's at the crazy. end of the day, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the news here is bullish. We have backed launching their, uh, their physically settled Bitcoin futures backed is owned by. ICE, ICE Continental Exchange, they own the New York Stock Exchange. So you can see the kind of players that are getting into Bitcoin, right? So BACT is launching in uh, a couple days. So that'll be fun to watch. And yeah, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We're going to dive right back into a bunch of shit. Uh, same place, same time next week. And uh, yeah, we got some good episodes coming out for you on Monday and Thursday. So stay tuned to that. Uh, if you guys haven't joined our Facebook group yet, you guys got to get in there. You got to get deeper into Crypt Nation, guys. Um, 
just go to Facebook, type in Crypto 101. We're going to be the first thing that pops up. There's a, you know, several thousand people in there. We talk all day, every day about the markets, price trends, uh, news bits. We just have general conversations. It's a really fun place to interact. So if you, if you want to learn more uh, and just dive deeper and get more involved, highly want to uh, recommend coming on over there. Follow us on Twitter. That's at Crypto101Pod. Me, Pizza Mind, uh, and Kevin are just always posting stuff over there. And then lastly, I already mentioned it, but I'll mention it again. Come join our YouNow stream. I mean, we're there Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern time. We, you know, me and Pizza Mind uh, live stream for about an hour, hour and a half every weekday. And we just talk about, um, you know, different terms. Uh, we break things down. Uh, we have interactive questions. It's like this live streaming channel where there's people in the comment section asking questions. People could actually guest on the show. There's a lot of crazy stuff. So guys, there's a lot going on here in Crypt Nation. Things are just heating up, man. It's been, it's, it's, it's been good. It's been great. And I can't wait to see what happens when the market turns around. It's going to be nuts. Yep. hundred percent, man. All right. Well, safe travels back home to San Diego. Are you going to be back a couple days or when are you, when are you yeah, back? I'll be back Sunday. All right, cool. What time? Uh, early in the morning. Okay, sweet. All right. I will see you on Sunday and Crypt Nation. You guys take care of yourselves. All right. Have a good weekend. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.